Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, this is Miranda Wright, and this is day 17 of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. Everything in our Christian life comes by faith. Salvation, sanctification, healings, deliverance, authority, and overcoming power. It all comes by faith. If you don't believe that it's possible, or that God is not able, or even willing, then your faith is already defeated before you've even began. Jesus said these very powerful words, that greater things than even he has done will we do once he's gone because he goes to the father because of his atoning blood we are able to receive his holy spirit the same power that raised christ from the dead and we have jesus as an advocate between us and the father we have all the resources of heaven at our disposal if we will but have the faith to use it then we can see these greater things manifested in the earth for the kingdom of god is here now But you have to believe that God can before he will. My God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is unchanging, yet everything he touches does. The God that I serve is still the God that parts seas, raises the dead, heals the sick, causes the blind to see, opens deaf ears, calls fire down from heaven, and perhaps the greatest miracle of all, transforms a sinner into a saint. Takes that old stony heart out of our body, gives us a heart of flesh, his own heart, puts within us his own spirit, and turns a sinner into a saint. New birth, conversion, complete transformation, the greatest miracle of all, salvation, when our God changes a life. Because a life healed but unchanged has gained nothing. We need to have faith for all. Yes, we have faith for the healing. Yes, we have faith for the deliverance. Yes, we have faith for the blessing. Yes, we have faith for the miraculous. We need also to have faith for the overcoming power of our Christ. We need to have faith that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We need to have faith that the blood is stronger than the curse. We need to have faith That our God is stronger than the devil and all the powers of hell. We need to have faith that the Holy Spirit is stronger than temptation and all the deceptions of the enemy. We need to have faith that our Christ brings victory, has placed all things under our feet, and given us authority over all the works of the enemy. And then we need to walk in that faith. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is God, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In this verse is encompassed all the elements of the great generals of faith. First of all, we must understand that without faith, 
it's impossible to please God. Nothing that we do in and of our own logic, in and of our own strength, in and of our own talent, in and of our own skills will ever please God. How can we impress God? Do we really think that we impress God with our strength when his is so much greater? Do we truly think that we impress God with our logic and our ideas when his are so much more perfect? Do we really think that we impress God with our big buildings and fancy ministries when he created the very foundations of the earth and the mountains and the skies and the great seas? Do we really think we impress God with our talent, with our speaking, with our singing when he created the very element of music itself and hears angel choirs continuously before his throne? There is nothing that we can do or offer that will impress God. The only thing that impresses God is humility and faith. When we trust in his ability, then he is pleased because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Therefore, when God has spoken it and we choose to believe it and walk in it, then he is pleased. But how can you know what he has spoken unless you have diligently sought him? We have to recognize that he is God, that we are not. Therefore, we need to humble ourselves, seek his face, turn from our own ways, which are always wicked, and find out what it is that he wants of us. Pray to him. It's all birthed in a place of prayer because we've got to hear that word from the Lord and then have faith in it. If you've not heard from him, then your faith is only in your own self, in your own works, in your own actions, in your own idea, in your own talents, in your own skills, in your own desires. It is not a faith in God and it does not please God and the power of heaven will not back it because it was not birthed from. So again, every element of power, authority, and faith is encapsulated in this one verse, but without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that God is God and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you want to have faith, you've got to learn to pray, which leads us into tomorrow's prayer mandate for a stronger prayer life, because out of it is birthed all the power of the kingdom. We have to recognize that Jesus himself said that his mission and mandate was to heal the sick, to restore sight to the blind, that applies both spiritually and physically, to bind up the broken, and to loose the captive. Jesus said that the things he did we will do in greater, so the things that he did we ought be doing, and more. The problem is, is that most people want to take matters into their own hands. And as soon as we put our hands on a situation, God takes his hands off because he will not share his glory with another and it has to be all him or none of him. So the first thing we have to understand is that a life of true faith is a life without manipulation because as soon as we start manipulating a situation, the Lord withdraws himself from it. He will stand back and wait till we totally mess it up and come to a place of desperation where we cry out for him to come and bring his salvation to save us from the mess that we've created. Then he will step back in. He will begin to fix it. He will begin to put us back on the straight and narrow. He will begin to work out all the things that we messed up. And then we jump back in and say, okay, I got it now. I know what to do. And we put our hands on it and we mess it up again. And we go through these cycles until we come to a place where we finally learn that only he 
can do it. Our job is to sit back and pray and cry out and seek his face to find out what it is that he wants to do and get in alignment with it. Does that mean we never do anything? No, of course not. It means we seek his face until we find out what it is he wants us to do and stop taking matters into our own hands. Because our works, our righteousness, our ideas, our logic, our talent and skills will not move heaven nor scare hell, but his will. Therefore, we must say not our will, but his will be done. Lord, I'm seeking you for it. What is your will? I lay mine down. I lay my plan and I have faith in yours. You see, in order to have faith in God, we have to first decide that we're not going to have faith in ourselves anymore because we already know that we can trust God. The problem is, is that we've got to learn that we can't trust ourselves because until we trust God more than we trust ourselves, we will never walk in the greater things of God because God will never do things the way that we think it ought to be done. He'll always do it in an unlikely unexpected way he'll do it through the least of these he'll do it through the talentless he'll do it through the nameless he'll do it through the faceless that way he gets glory and no man true faith praises it praises when you have a sea in front of you and an enemy army behind you it stands in the face of that sea and it doesn't fear the army approaching it decides i'm not going to turn around and try to join them i'm not going to compromise Faith stands its ground, looks up to heaven and says, God, I trust you. This situation is impossible, but you're going to get me through because you brought me here and you have a plan and I trust you and I'm going to praise you in the sea. And as we begin to praise him in faith in the middle of a situation that is absolutely impossible, but we believe it because he told us that he had a plan because he brought us to it because we sought his face and this is where it brought us. We're going to stand in the midst of this situation and praise him and then he's going to open that sea. Impossible miracles only come from impossible situations. So you got to have the faith to shake off every attack because when he begins to speak something to you, the first thing that's going to happen is it's going to get more impossible. It's going to get harder. The enemy's going to resist it. He's going to allow you to fall into a place in a situation where the thing that he spoke to you has become so utterly impossible that it's going to take faith. Why would he tell you to have faith if you would need faith? The faith is the substance of things hoped for, the things of not seen. If it's easy to see, if you could figure it out, it's not his plan, it's yours. His plan will be the one that is so impossible that it cannot be done but by his hand. Until you hear that plan, it's just the work of your own vain imagination. So seek him and wait. But when he tells you to go, go. You don't have to know how, just go. Abraham, by faith, got up and went. He walked. And everywhere that his foot tread, the Lord gave into his hand because he was a man of faith. He didn't ask God for the plan. He just got up and went. When Jesus came to the disciples, he said, come and follow me. And by faith, they just did. They dropped everything and went. They didn't know how. They didn't know where. They didn't know why. But they were willing to follow. The problem is, is the church has too many people wanting to be leaders when God is saying what I need is some followers. I'm looking for someone who will come and follow me, who will pick up their cross and follow me, who will fall on their knees, seek my face, get a word from heaven and then have faith so that they can follow me. 
Faith defeats fear. Specifically, a faith in God's love defeats fear because perfect love casts out fear. And he that still feareth is not made perfect in love. If we truly have faith in who God is and how much he loves us and what he endured to give us the power and authority that he has granted us, we will have faith in it and walk in it. Because he came not to bring us into bondage or servitude, but into sonship. Then that sonship comes with authority. And we need to begin to have faith in that. Romans 8:13 says, "For if ye live after the flesh, you will die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live." Now to do that you need faith because do you really believe that by the spirit you are able to mortify the deeds of the flesh that you have authority to take control over sin and lust and temptation and say, "Get ye behind me, Satan. My God is stronger. I don't have to bend the knee to you because I am no longer in bondage to you, but I am a son or daughter of God." Do you have that faith? Because if you do, it is possible. Because all things are possible to those who believe. It continues to say, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy God. You see, before the resurrection of Jesus Christ, in the way things were before, we were in bondage to an evil taskmaster. We were in bondage to the devil. Because he was a higher rank in the order of creation, he had dominion and authority over us. Therefore, we were the servants of sin, and we had no authority against that. So we were submitted to it. We were in bondage to sin. This is why Jesus said that I came to set the captive free we were the captives that he set free and whom the son sets free is free indeed do you believe it you need faith to walk in it if you don't believe that he can then he won't because it all comes by faith we have to believe in what christ did not just who he is but what he said and what he did everything that is the christ we need to move in faith and he came to set us free he set me free and whom the son sets free is free indeed and therefore i walk in authority i walk in faith i walk in overcoming power i do not bend the knee to the devil i do not take the lashes and the blows i give them i stand and i say get ye behind me satan i know who i am i know who my god is i know in whom i serve and it's not you because I have believed, then I am no longer the tail but the head. I have been lifted up and seated with Christ in heavenly places and made a daughter of the king. And therefore all things have been put under my feet. All power, authority, and dominion has been given unto me because I am a joint heir with Christ. And more than that, I have faith in my father, in my father's love, that he loves me enough to fight for me, that he is my defender and my protector. That he is my strength and my shelter, my shield and my buckler, my strong arm. He is my Abba. Because I am adopted and not a slave, I don't have to beg for protection. I don't have to work for resources. Now I do have to grow up. So when we first get saved, we walk in certain authorities as sons and daughters. But there are some things that he does not grant to us because we are spiritually immature and we will misuse it and bring shame and reproach upon the family name. Therefore, he takes us through a season of sanctification, of spiritual maturing. And when he sees that we are mature sons and daughters that will rightly represent his name and his word and his decrees and his mandates, he sends us out with all the power and authority of the kingdoms. And we have all the resources of the 
household. We have all the resources of the kingdom. We have all the resources of the family. We are joint heirs with Christ. And you mature spiritually in that place of prayer because that's where you hear. That's where you sit daily with the Holy Spirit and are tutored and are taught and are instructed and are matured. It continues to say the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. In other words, everything that Christ had and has, we have, we inherit it as a joint heir. Do you believe it? Because it takes faith to receive it and faith to walk in it. If so be that we suffer with him that we may also be glorified with him. Now understand that when we become heirs of everything that Christ inherited, then we have to understand that we also become heirs of the persecution, of the slander, of the gossip, of the backbiting, of being hated, despised, and rejected. We inherit it all. But if we will endure with maturity, humility, and selflessness as Christ did, then we shall inherit the glory also the problem is is everybody wants the glory but nobody wants to go through the story everybody wants the pentecost which is when the power and the outpouring and the anointing and the giftings flow but nobody wants to go through the passover which was the garden of gethsemane it was the cross it was the shame it was the persecution it was the death it was the crushing but the word of god says that if we are willing to suffer as christ did then we will be glorified as christ was if we're willing to go through our own personal passover then we will receive our Pentecost. But you have to be willing to take the cup that Christ took and drink of it before God will pour out all the power of heaven on you. If you will suffer like Christ, then you will be glorified like Christ. The problem is, is that when Pentecost came, thousands saw it and all they saw was the glory. But almost nobody saw the personal story of Gethsemane. And so when we see mighty and powerful men and women of God, we see them standing in their Pentecost, but we don't understand the Passover that they've been through. And so we think it's an easy thing. It's a light thing. And so we covet. And when it begins to get hard, we run from it. And therefore, we never see the real thing. So we settle for a counterfeit that comes so much more easy. Something we can work up or conjure up in our own strength. Because only God's strength will get you through Gethsemane. It comes by faith. It comes by prayer. Jesus got on his knees in that garden. And he cried out. And he prayed out. And he surrendered his will. And as soon as he prayed those words, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. I surrender to your plan. It says immediately, God sent an angel to strengthen him. Only by God's strength will you get through Gethsemane. But if you are willing to, there is a Pentecost on the other side of it. It's going to take faith because it doesn't make sense. But God has a plan. See, the Bible says that we're saved by grace through faith and not of works that any man should boast. Yet we rarely read the next verse, which says, however, we are saved unto good work by which we were ordained from the very beginning. So it all works together. We can't have any one without the other. Now, works will not save you. That is plain and clear. You cannot trust in your own strength. I've been saying that the whole time. If you try to do it in your own ability, you will never do anything more than you are able to do. And what we want to do is much more than we are able to do. We want to we want to see the miraculous. We want to see divinity. We want to see a work of heaven. We want to see lives transformed, cities reformed, souls reborn. We want to see more. 
however the works are a part of that, but it has to be a work of God's power, a work of God's leading. Therefore, does it require faith first? Because when we release the faith, then God releases the grace, which grace is not mercy. Many people use the word grace in place of mercy, but grace and mercy are two separate things. The word grace by definition is God's favor. That's what causes us to be brought into his family, his power, which is the authority granted to us when we become part of his family and his divine influence. That is the seeking part. When we hear the voice of his spirit influencing us and empowering us to do those things, which we could not do in and of our own strength. It is favor, power, and divine influence. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why in the Old Testament, it talks about the time when God would release the spirit of grace. Grace is simply the power of the Holy Spirit to do that which we could not do without it. Mercy is something totally different. I've heard it said that mercy is not giving us what we deserve, but grace is giving us what we did not deserve. Therefore, we must by faith choose to believe what we have heard because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. We have to humble ourselves and seek God, get a word from him, hear from him and believe it. And when we believe it and begin to walk in it by faith, God then sends his grace, his power to enable us to walk in it, to do the work that he had ordained us to do. Therefore, are we saved by grace through faith unto good works according to the scripture so when the enemy comes up with that lie and says you can't you were you're just human you were made this way say no I was but now I am more is anything too hard for my God because my God says that nothing shall be impossible to those who have believed so I need to walk in faith I need to stop believing the lies of the people who who are preaching unbelief in my ears and start believing the word of God who says through Christ all things are possible. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, then I can mortify the deeds of the flesh. I can walk in righteousness. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing is impossible for those who believe. And I believe in the power of my Christ. I believe in my God. I believe that God is greater. God is stronger. God is smarter. God is more able that there is nothing he cannot do. If I have sought his face and he has given me the word, I believe it and I will walk in it and he will bring me through. Even if I stand with a sea at my face and an army at my back, I will praise my God because that just means he's about to do a miracle to get me to where he told me I was going he's given me a promise and he's gonna get me there and I don't care what stands in my way because the more impossible it looks the greater the miracle he's about to perform to bring about his word and his will over my life I don't have to make the sea part I don't have to push the water out of the way I have to stand in faith and praise and know that my God is able if God be for us who can be against us? Therefore, if he is allowing attacks to arise, if he is allowing things to come against us, it is only to show his glory in the end. Remember that God caused Pharaoh's heart to be hardened so that he could get more glory in the end. I love the words whenever the enemy approaches. Remember, God could have wiped out that army before they even got to the Israelites. But when the, the Israelites saw the army approaching and they knew the sea was in front of them and the army was behind them, God said some very powerful words and I love them. God said, now I will get me glory. God set the stage. 
to show off. Sometimes it looks like God's not showing up because he's really setting the stage to show off. His timing is perfect. His reasons are sure. He knows what he's doing. Trust in the Lord because my God is greater. He's greater than the sea. He's greater than the armies. He's greater than the attacks. He's greater than the sickness. He's greater than the lies. He's greater than all the armies of hell that are trying to stop what it is he has set in motion. My God is greater. And there is nothing the devil can do to stop the destiny and the plan that God has for my life. Only I can give it up. Nothing can pluck me out of his hand. Only I can walk away from it. So if I'm not choosing to walk away, if I'm not willfully giving it up, if I'm not selling out like Esau or threatening to be silent like Esther when Mordecai warned her that if you are silent now, the deliverance to the Jews will come by somebody else, but you and your father's house will be destroyed. Yes, it is possible to miss destiny. Yes, it is possible to walk away from the plans that God has for your life. Yes, it is possible to give up your birthright, but that's a choice you have to make. And as long as I'm not willfully making that choice and choosing to walk away, he's going to get me to where I need to be because I am seeking his face. And I have to believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Sometimes you just got to stir up the faith that is within you. Paul told Timothy to stir up the gifts that are within you. There is no greater gift than faith because everything else flows out of it. And yes, faith is a gift. There is a measure of faith that all men have to make a choice to walk in. Faith is a choice, just like love is a choice. There is a faith that we all have to choose to walk in that brings us into salvation. But then there is also a gift of faith. There is a supernatural divine faith that comes and we need to pray for it and we need to stir it up. So when the enemy rushes in with doubts, fears, and confusions, you need to start speaking to that mountain. You need to start speaking faith because the enemy, he's talking. He's talking in your ear and he's telling you all kinds of lies and he's bringing you all kinds of doubts and all kinds of fears. So you need to talk more than he's talking. You need to open your mouth and start speaking. Speak that faith. Praise God because praise takes your focus off of the problem, which is usually yourself, and puts it on the solution, which is God. And when we start recognizing that he is the God that created all things, he is the one who spins galaxies in motion and suspends stars on nothing. Is anything too hard for my God? He created everything that is, that ever was, and that ever will be. He can create and he can recreate. He can heal, he can mend. He has the whole world in his hand and yet he holds my heart. There is nothing too hard for my God. There is nothing that can oppose the power of my God because there is nothing that was not created by him. There is nothing that was not created for him. And it all works together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. No, not just for anyone, but to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So do I have faith in his love? God, I do. I believe that you love me, that you adopted me, that you call me daughter. I believe that you are my God and my king, my protector and my provider, that you are great above all, that you are kind and that you are patient. And that when I am willing to humble myself and seek your face and get your word and get your instruction, that you are faithful to to lead, to guide, to direct, and to protect. God, I give you praise that you are who you are. I believe that you are who you say you are. Not who men say you are, but who you say you are. Who your word says you are, I believe. We've got to stir up the gift that is within us. We've got to stir up faith. 
and faith comes by hearing. So faith is stirred in the word and by the word in the place of prayer. Therefore, tomorrow we will pray for a stronger prayer life. But today we ask for greater faith, for the greater things to come. God, we are asking for a greater faith, for an understanding of who you are, that we may walk in faith in it. And Lord, we know that sometimes we can't understand because your ways are not our ways, but your ways are perfect. They are so much higher than our ways. And the first thing we have to do is to humble ourselves and recognize that you are God and we are not because you said that those that come to God must believe that he is God. So God, we do believe that you are God, which means that we have to recognize that you are stronger, that you are smarter, that you are more able, and that there are things that we cannot comprehend in the scope of our lifetime and our limited vision, that you are so much grander than us, than you could not even make us comprehend. So sometimes we just got to take it by faith and walk those things out that you say to us. Abraham could not comprehend the scope of what you were going to do. So you just gave him his part in it and he had to walk that out by faith. Job could not comprehend the scope of what you were doing with his life that for all eternity he was going to be made an example. So all he could do was by faith trust that you had a plan and just walk in it. You even said as much that there was no way he could comprehend you and we've got to humble ourselves and come to a place where we understand that we cannot comprehend the scope that is God there are things you will bring to our understanding your word says that if we lack understanding or wisdom to ask you and you are willing to bring it and you are I've seen you do it so many times but most times we've got to walk out by faith first before you will then explain why you have brought this thing about and it will not be ridiculous but it will have purpose and it will have reason in the kingdom But God, we've got to choose to believe. We have got to choose to believe. And sometimes if we don't understand the full scope of it, we still have to walk by faith. God, I pray for faith. I pray for a people who believe that you are who you are, that nothing is any stronger than you, that you are mightier, that you are bigger than the whole world. So what in the world could come against you? What in the world could hinder you? What in the world could stand in the way of you or those who believe in you or those who are called your sons and daughters? Lord, I believe that you have raised us up that you have put the enemy under my feet and that I am not subject to his lies, his deceits, his leadings or his misleadings. In the name of Jesus, I am led by the spirit of God and by no other. Therefore, I am a daughter of God. God, let faith stir up in your people. Let faith arise in your people that you are still a healer, that you are still a deliverer, that you are still a savior. Lord, let faith arise in your people that you are still the God of Isaac, Abraham, Jacob, and Moses, that you are still the God that parted the seas and you can do it now, that you are still the God who raised the dead and you raised me. And Lord, that you can raise a man out of sin and set his feet upon the rock and give him authority and power and dominion and might and send him out to bring your word, your salt and your light into this world to set others free, to show the captive that they don't have 
have to be, that they are not bound to the spirit of fear anymore, but that they can be taken out of that, adopted into the family of God and given all the authority and power of Christ to put Satan under our feet. We have authority if we will but have faith in it. Authority only works by faith because the devil is going to bully and bluff you if you don't believe that you have the authority that you have and he knows whether or not you believe. God, I pray that the church would stop preaching unbelief and telling people that it's okay to let the devil walk in authority that he does not have because the only authority he has is the authority we give up. Lord, I pray that the church would stand in faith and start moving in holiness and righteousness and authority and power and be set apart from the world instead of trying to be like the world. God, because you call a people to be set apart. You call a people who will seek your face. You call for a people who will trust in you not in the things of the world because the Bible says to be the friend of the world makes you an enemy of God and what power is there in that there is such a limited counterfeit of the real glory of God I want to see the greater things I want to see the true power of the kingdom I want to see the most important thing of all on that final day I want to see your face And I want to hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. And I will know that I have pleased you because I have believed you. God, we pray for faith. Stir it up, Lord. Stir it up in the people, God. We pray that you stir it up in the church like they've never experienced before. God, we're calling for a spirit of faith to arise in the church at large, Lord, that many would be saved and set free and healed and delivered, Lord, but that it wouldn't be another show, that it would be a true working of faith that brings life-changing salvation. Because if a life is healed but unchanged, it has gained nothing. God, it has not been touched by you because everything you touch changes. God, I pray for a mighty touch from heaven that stirs faith again. God, I pray that they hear your voice because faith only comes by hearing. God, I pray for a rhema word from God. I pray that the word of God go forth into the land that the people can hear it and believe in it. Because if they're just believing in something but it's not what you said, then their faith is in the wrong thing things. God, their faith is in idols. Their faith is in demons. Their faith is in themselves. Their faith is in their talent. Their faith is in their skill. Their faith is in their own intellect. Their faith is in the tools of Egypt. Their faith is in the world. That's why the church looks more like the world than the world looks like the church because the church has had more faith in the world than they have had faith in God. My God is stronger. My God needs no help. My God needs no tools of the enemy. In fact, when you instructed them in how to build the altars in the Old Testament, one of your first rules was let no tool touch it because it had to be perfect and pure and made by your hand. Only stones that were made by you yourself could be piled up to make the altar. It could not be touched by the tools of man or your fire would not fall upon it. Your spirit would not touch it. Your glory would not reside because you will not share your glory with another. And the reason your glory is so lacking in the church today is because it's so full of the tools of the land and the tools of Egypt and the tools of man and the works of our hands that you will not share glory with it and you will not enter into it. God, we want something pure. We want something built by you. We want something that you will inhabit. You give the word, you give the instruction and we will align ourselves with you. God, we seek your face. We get your word and we believe it. And that is true faith. 
because faith comes by hearing and you are only pleased by those who have faith and you will reward those who seek because that is the order and the way of it we seek your face we get your word we believe it and we walk in it anything else is idolatry even if it's self-idolatry it's idolatry all the same god i believe in you I believe in your impossible power to do impossible things in impossible ways. And I wouldn't have it any other way because that's the way that gets you glory and that's the way that stirs faith in other because faith stirs faith. But in the same manner, unbelief stirs unbelief. And a person that is unbelieving and faithless will speak unbelief and it will cause others to walk in unbelief. And many of them will do it professing that it's doctrine when it is nothing but the doctrine of demons. In the name of Jesus, I come against those who preach unbelief in the house of God. In the name of Jesus, I pray that there be conviction God I pray that there would be deliverance I pray that there would be exposure and that your people would begin to rise up in faith in what you say no matter what a person says trying to justify their lack of fire because they have built altars with their own tools or worse with the tools of Egypt Lord I pray for a people who will believe who will humble themselves, who will seek your face, who will get your word and will walk in it and will see the miraculous manifest to make the impossible possible. God, I've seen it in every area and step of my life, but I pray that more would see it. I pray, Lord, that you would cause the greater body to see it. God, I pray that you would cause the nations in the world to see it, to see the fruits of faith. Let faith arise in the people of God. Let faith arise, God. Let faith arise. God, I pray for a wave of faith that has not been seen or experienced for a generation. A faith that would change a people and a nation. A faith that opens the word and believes the word and does not try to interpret or explain away the word, but simply says, I believe you, God. God, I pray for a faith that stands in the faith of ideology, of doctrine, of the traditions of men, and says, is anything too hard for my God? I pray for the fire to fall on the altars, on the lives laid down in selfless sacrificial service to you because they have sought your face, they have heard your word, and they went. While all the world is seeking to be a leader, you are raising up those who were willing to pick up their cross and follow you, because those are the ones who have believed. Because grace, which is your power, will only follow faith. And faith will only follow seeking because it must come by hearing. Therefore, only the humble will be exalted, but the prideful shall be abased. And Lord, the season is coming and even now is at hand where the prideful shall be laid low and the humble shall be exalted. And great envy and murmurings will arise, but the faithful will stand with power in their lives and a testimony of faith in a faithful God who is able to do more exceedingly and abundantly 
greater than what we ever could imagine. Because as long as we're doing things in our own strength, then we will be limited to the limits of our own strength. But when we do things in your strength, it is limitless because your strength is limitless. It is unmatched. It is uncomprehensible. And what you are about to do is going to blow the minds of a people who trusted in their own logic because your ways are not our ways, but your ways are perfect. And I have all faith that you will do what you've said you would do and that we shall see the greater things to come. So we praise you in the face of this sea with all the armies of hell rising up against us. I stand and I praise because I know you're about to do great things in Jesus' name. I believe in the blood of Jesus. I believe in your sacrifice. I believe that it gave us power and authority and dominion. I believe that it makes me a child of God. I believe that it enables me to receive your Holy Spirit. I believe that the power of God resides inside of me as the temple of the living God of the New Testament, that the fire falls on me because I have humbled myself and sought your face. I believe in every promise that you have spoken to me personally and I believe in every promise that you have spoken to the church corporately I believe I stand in faith today God and I pray that you stir that faith up in every person listening that they will go out and speak faith and preach faith and be faith because you will manifest in the face of faith we've believed the lies of the enemy for too long today we put our foot down And we walk in faith, which means we walk in authority, which means we walk in power, which means we walk in promise, which means we walk in victory because we walk as children of the King. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.